Welcome to the September 2019 episode of My Favorites File. As a reminder, each month I put together a snapshot of what I've listened to, what I've read, and the resources I've found particularly helpful as I've navigated through the month. Imagine how your life and business would look if both were aligned with your purpose. You would find clarity and confidence in decision-making, set boundaries to keep you focused, and take intentional actions which move you closer to achieving personal and professional goals. Your host, Amy Austin, is a successful entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and brand strategist. With marketing and branding experience spanning over 20 years for service industries, such as healthcare, software, and entertainment, Amy guides you and your business towards uncovering your purpose and the true foundation of your brand and brings it to life in marketing strategies that educate, engage, and empower. The Pursuit of Purpose explores how to put your unique purpose to work, building an authentic and successful service-driven brand. Each week, Amy will bring you practical advice to help you live your life and grow your business with purpose. Infinite-minded player embraces uncertainty and likes surprises because they understand that their business and their life can be transformed and they view all of that as an opportunity rather than something to be feared. This is the introductory quote from Simon Sinek in his interview on the Entree Leadership Podcast, which is episode 338, about his new book, The Infinite Game. The book is scheduled to be released in mid-October. You can guarantee that I've already purchased mine and it will be delivered to my Kindle just as soon as it is available. So the infinite game, what is it? The first thing you have to understand is what type of game we're all playing. Baseball is a finite game. And why is it a finite game? It's because it's a game with known players, fixed rules, and agreed upon objective. Business, on the other hand, is an infinite game. And that's because the rules are changeable. There is no set finish line and no one wins. And Simon warns us that if we approach business with a finite mindset, the consequences can be disastrous. And unfortunately, most business owners do focus on being the best, beating their competition, and being number one. And that is a finite mindset. So when we're playing an infinite game with a finite mindset, he believes that we destroy trust, we destroy cooperation, and we destroy the very innovations that are necessary for us to strive and thrive. A great example that Simon shares in the interview is Blockbuster and Netflix. At the time that Netflix was just coming on the scene, Blockbuster's CEO approached the board of directors for Blockbuster with an idea of exploring the subscription model. This was back when Netflix was actually sending us DVDs that we could keep for as long as we wanted. The Blockbuster board was adamantly opposed to this idea and would not let the CEO explore it. And the reason for that is because they were too focused on their own revenue model and their own business model to be able to see a bigger opportunity that they had by making a pivot. And the reason for that was that a big chunk of their revenues came from late fees. Now, fast forward to 2019, Blockbuster does not exist, and Netflix is continuing to grow and continuing to disrupt the media entertainment industry. So again, finite mindset. They like to control variables. They don't like surprises and uncertainty. 
in business, when we have a finite mindset, this is why we start to focus in on quarters and what can happen within this quarter as opposed to the next quarter. However, with an infinite mindset, they embrace change and uncertainty. They strive on surprises and they open, they're open to receiving innovations. When you think about those two in contrast with each other, it becomes apparent that there really is only one true competitor, and that's yourself. You have to push yourself to constantly do better, to improve upon what you did last year. How can we improve our products? How can we improve our leaders? How can we do things to improve upon the conditions that our staff is working in so that they are happier and therefore then, then our customers become happier? When there's pressure to hit or beat numbers, innovation goes by the wayside because that requires experimentation. And that leads to all the things that the finite mindset avoids, uncertainty, surprise, uncontrolled variables. They lack patience when you play with a finite mindset. So there's five key principles in order to be able to play the infinite game, which really becomes a lifestyle. You have to embrace these five things in your day-to-day life in order to be truly in that infinite game. The first one is just cause. And that's the idealized sense of where you are going and the world you want to live in. It's giving people the opportunity to be part of something bigger than, than themselves. The second one is trusting teams. Allowing your team to share without fear of intimidation or retaliation. Knowing that if they feel that they that they made a mistake or that they can't do something because of a lack of knowledge, being able to share that back with you as a leader is not going to be met with retaliation or shame or some other reaction that is made making them feel less of themselves. A worthy rival is the third one. When we become too obsessed with arbitrary metrics, we start to focus in too much on how can we beat something as opposed to what are we really good at? And when that worthy rival shines lights on what it is that you have as a weakness, because that's one of their strengths, it can push you to do better. But maybe it also pushes you to do a little bit better in the things that you're really strong at that they're weak at. The fourth one is the capacity for existential flexibility. And this is the willingness to make huge decisions that can change the course of your business, to make a massive pivot. And you need to be prepared for that because even if you never have to do it, you can't plan for what that pivot might look like, but you can plan for how you'll respond to it. And the last one is courage to lead. The thing that you have to have in all four of those other principles is the courage to lead. The courage to be able to take someone with you to achieve the vision that you have, to achieve that just cause, to build the trusting team, to understand what the role is of that worthy rival in your industry that is going to push to make you better as opposed to becoming consumed with competition. Also, that they have the ability to help you understand when you need to pivot. So I can guarantee you I will be talking about this book again because when I read it, I may even take some of these things and say, you know what, I totally did not understand this in the way that he intended it now that I've read his book. I highly encourage you to listen to this podcast. It's a fabulous interview. It will make you think and it will make you reflect on whether or not you approach your business 
with a finite or an infinite mindset. So another thing I'm really excited about this month carries over from the conversation that I had with Zach Messler, which was in episode um, 14. I would encourage you to take a listen to that. But what I really want to talk about in regards to that is this idea of context. I've talked a lot about the concept of story brand and understanding the three levels of problems that everyone encounters when, when they're looking for a solution, the external, the internal, and the philosophical problem. And the thing that I found interesting about this conversation with Zach, and and subsequently I ended up doing a little bit of work on my own personal messaging with him, was the idea of context, and that in the absence of context, our messages are going to fall flat. So context goes beyond the idea of demographics and psychographics and sociographics of your target audience. It's understanding in the here and now, what are they experiencing in the problem that needs to be solved that you're able to solve for them? Really getting to know them, putting yourself in their shoes and truly being able to empathize with what the circumstances are around them. So if you remember, Zach talked a lot about the idea of, you know, the three-quarter inch drill bit. People don't need the three-quarter inch drill bit just to have a three-quarter inch drill bit. I suppose there's some Tim the Toolman guys out there, my husband probably could be in that category, who would say, yeah, I do actually just need a three-quarter inch drill bit because I don't have one and I need it to fill out my entire, you know, my entire repertoire. Ultimately, the reason they, they need that is for a deeper purpose. And it does get at what that philosophical problem is that Donald Miller outlines in StoryBrand. And maybe at some level, that's what he means is the context. But it struck me as a little bit different because the idea of context puts you more significantly in their shoes than what a philosophical problem does. So with that three-quarter inch drill bit, the context is gonna be different for every person of why it is they need that. One person might be that they need it to be able to secure that bookshelf against the wall. Another person might be, yes, I need it to secure that bookshelf against the wall, but I really want it to make sure that my bookcase doesn't fall over. So that is a safety mechanism. But maybe they don't realize that it's safety. You need to plant that seed for them a little bit. Give them another idea of why it is that it's important that you attach that bookshelf against the wall. I will admit for a long time, probably until I had my daughter, I never thought about the idea of a dresser or a bookcase falling over because, well, for any reason, it never crossed my mind to attach a dresser or a bookcase to a wall. It just didn't. Once I had my daughter... And she started to become mobile and I started reading about ways to safety proof my house. Suddenly I'm seeing that I should be attaching the bookcase against the wall. The context for me was that prior to that, I did not have a child and I did not need to think about that extra level of safety because I'd never encountered that issue before. The other key thing that I took away from Zach's conversation is the idea that your audience includes people that don't know they need your solution. That is exactly what I have done my entire career working in healthcare marketing because we do not market to people to get sick. We're not encouraging that. However, what we're doing is encouraging them to understand what their options are so that when they are at a point of making a decision, they can feel more confident 
about the decision that they're making. So I encourage you to think about context as you're making your marketing decisions or those tactical decisions. What's the context of the message that you need to deliver? What's the context that those individuals are in? What are their surroundings? Go beyond the typical high-level things that we all think about. Don't just think about their demographics or the psychographics, how much money they make, where they live, how old they are. Any of the laundry list of things that we typically think about when we segment our target audience, take it a step further and put yourself in their shoes. So I'm going to direct you to listen to another episode of the Entree Leadership Podcast. This one is an interview with Seth Godin. This particular episode I found really interesting because of a couple of key things that he said. And he is specifically talking about his book, Lynchpin. And I believe it's actually a book that has that came out a few years ago. It's not a new book. His newest book is This Is Marketing. And I would highly en- encourage you to read that. I'm reading it right now. So it'll probably be part of my October favorites file. In Lynchpin, and I'm going to read a little bit from the show notes, what he calls a linchpin in your organization is when you become truly indispensable. And that means that you have to bring a unique human sensibility to what it is you do. Because a lot of what he talks about is how as society move, moves forward and as technology continues to do more and more and more and more automation can happen and artificial intelligence can play a bigger role in the way that our work is done. The only way that we can become truly indispensable is to do things that that automation cannot do. So it was a fascinating discussion that he had with with actually the new host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, which I'm sorry, his name now has escaped me. The quote that I wrote down is one that he closes the show out with. And that is, when you're faced with something challenging, remember, there are footprints on the moon. So the last thing I want to share with you today is actually a quote from a woman I know here in my community, and she posted this in response to a a post on Facebook where a woman who is a business owner, has two small children, was feeling very overwhelmed and feeling like maybe she was not spending quite enough time with her kids and balancing her business. And the response that this this friend of mine gave, I thought, was applicable to so many of us, regardless of the circumstances that we're in. There's not enough hours in the day, but we all get the same number. It only gets better if you're intentional about making it better. And I think that is a great piece of advice as we all look at how do we manage our day-to-day life within the 24 hours that we're given each day and within all the different directions that we're pulled, whether we own our own business, whether we work for someone, whether we're a vice president in a company or we are a business startup, that's just our business life. Then how do we balance that against our personal life with our children and their activities, just spending quality time with them or with our partners or with our friends and our family? How do we do that? What she said is perfect. There's not enough hours in the day, but we all have the same number. It only gets better if you're intentional about making it better. 
pick what's most important to you and focus on that. Have a great week. I'll be back next week with an interview with Stacy Jones. Stacy is a researcher who focuses on appreciative inquiry. It's a fascinating conversation about how we can bring groups of people together, people who are like-minded and are people who we want to have more of in an organization, and learn from them about what makes the organization good in their minds, what needs to stay. We can learn a lot about our, in, our individual brands by what those employees are saying, and it is a core part of the rise of positive organization studies and the strength-based movement in American management. So Stacy has been doing this for a number of years. She's worked with a variety of different organizations, large, small trucking companies, um, faith-based organizations, and we talk about the role that purpose plays in the findings that she comes back with after doing an appreciative appreciative inquiry study at an organization. I think you'll really enjoy it. I look forward to sharing it with you next week. And in the meantime, have a fabulous week. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate it, share it with your friends, write a review. I'd appreciate that. And if you're interested in being on my mailing list so that you receive notice of what's coming up and a sneak peek on what some of the some of what I have planned as it relates to the pursuit of purpose, please make sure to hit that sub- subscribe button on my show notes to get you added into that, that email list. I appreciate you listening and have a great week. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. For show notes, links, and more, go to www.amyaustinmarketing.com. You can subscribe to the show and leave a rating review on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks for listening.